Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Push him down. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall. You're better than that. On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night Podcast. I'm Adam Catterall. It's a pleasure once again to be in your company. If this is the first time you've ever come to this TalkSport podcast, then come on, you know what to do. Hit the subscribe button on iTunes, so therefore you never miss out on any of our boxing content. And you can also get us on the TalkSport website, TalkSport.com. Get there for all your Android feeds. You'll never miss out on any of the stuff that we're doing on a week-by-week basis. And let me tell you, we have got some top-quality guests coming up in this podcast for you. Uh, Josh Taylor was on the show, so was David Hay, as was Dave Allen from Ukraine, of all places, as he's sparring Alexander Usyk. But I was joined on the show, my co-presenter for the night was Connor Ben. Yes, that's right. And he came in to chat about his own personal career as well, and we were talking about the prospect of him fighting on November 21st. This is what he had to say. Proudly representing Ilford, introducing the reigning, defending, undefeated WBA Continental Welterweight Champion, Connor the Destroyer. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. I just really want to enjoy every second of it and give the supporters exactly what they want. And they can't live with my power. At some stage of the fight, whoever it is, I will catch you. This is my 16th fight. 14 of them have touched the canvas. And Ben can finish like a predator. I will catch you at some stage and I will bounce on you. Right hand! Left hook, Conor Ben on the verge of what would be a stunning stoppage win. He delivers, and boy, was that exciting. I suppose we better um, go back to the start of the show, Mr. Ben, and talk about um, your upcoming bouts because it has been a bit of a crazy time. We know that you're working like a savage in the mm-hmm. gym. I can see you giving it uh, giving it the big licks every single day <laughs> and what have you. Doing a couple of uh, nice 
um, little uh, videos on your uh, on your new YouTube channel. I've noticed. Done it on CBTV. Let's give CBTV a shout while we're at it. I knew we'd do that. I knew we'd do it. You've got to plug your own stuff, mate. Of course you have. Yeah, I've been grafting, but it all looks good on the gram and it's like techers. But then when you get in a fight, that's what I really want it to show. And every single time it has shown, I mean, I come into this game, uh, Mm. a young boy who... Just remind everybody, because people automatically think you're older than you are, right? You're 23 now. So what age were you when you made your professional debut? Debut at 18. (laughs) I had 22... That in itself is ridiculous, right? We'll carry on. I had 22 amateur fights in a year. Yeah. From 17 to 18. From 18, um, I didn't... Well, 17 off, I didn't have no amateur fights. Fights went straight pro. Yeah. And I've been learning on the job. And you can't cheat the grind. But I've shown every time and time again that hard work beats talent when talent don't work hard. I work so hard in the gym and I'm going to give myself every chance I've got in this game. I think I think one of the the best things about you, and I say this every single time I see you interviewed after a fight, the way that you process fights, whether they be easy wins, whether they be difficult wins, or whatever it may be, the way that you process everything, and then articulate that back down the mic, uh, down the microphone, and down the camera when we're watching you on TV, I think really resonates quite well with with fans because there's nothing worse. Um, that a young guy who is talking in a way which doesn't match the performance that we've just seen in the ring. I think you've always been extremely real and honest with performances. And that then, that transcends to fans. Fans get on board with that because if they can see that you fully appreciate where you're at in the game, then they're on for the journey. And they know it's a journey with you. They know that... that, that I've got to be real. Yeah, but you've that, got to be not real. a lot of people are, though. Not a lot of people are. I know, I mean, I mean, I did used to think back in the day when I was a little, well, when I was, I say little boy, <laughs> 18, I used to think I was going to fight for a world title in two years. But little did I know there's so much to learn about this game, it's never ending. Mm. I mean, I've had ups and downs in my careers, I've had, you know, fights I've, I should have had easy in, and I've had fights I should have had hard fights that I've made easy fights, and it's it's all just learning, and I think when you can be real with the public, you know, what you see is what you get. I'm learning. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you guys, who are, all you guys who are backing me, that you guys are on this journey with me. I'm not going to tell you I'm going to be this and you know, I'd be better than my dad, be world champion. And listen, all I can guarantee you, Lloyd, is it's going to be an entertaining career. I'll give you guys 100% and I'll reach my full potential. There's no ceiling to my career. You see all these amateurs that come along. You can gauge how good they are. Most of them are good because they've had 300 amateur fights. Mm-hmm. We, we don't know how good I'm going to be. And I think that's the thrill of it. That's the exciting part about it. It's people have seen before their own eyes a legend's son who come into this game, not knowing much about the game at 18, to then now becoming my own man, finding my own style, going through hell in some fights that shouldn't have happened, having rematches, um, knocking out European title challengers, being contender for the British and Commonwealth. Um, and now and being a contender with the likes of, you know, Samuel Vargas and Emmanuel Taylors and those are the sort of fights that I didn't think I'd be able to get to. Mm. And loads of people were writing me off before I even started. Loads of people were writing me off. But that, that wasn't going to bother me because at the end of the day, hard work will get you anywhere. I don't care what industry you're in. You work hard and choose to obsess over it and train hard and not get complacent. You, you'll see progress. And the general public are seeing that with me. So the next one, the next date is November the twenty first. That's guaranteed. So you're going to be that's fighting gu- on November the twenty first, which that's is guaranteed. Which, which is, is the, the Dylan White yeah. Povetkin undercard. Um, so it's just a matter of whether who it is. Hopefully Jenkins and his team accept the fight. 
Mm. Well, let, well, let's give a bit of background to that because, yep. listen, I, I've, I've spoken to Eddie about that and Frank Smith, who's uh, obviously represents you guys at, uh, at Matchroom. I've also spoken to Frank Warren about that situation, who re- represents Chris Jenkins. And, and that fight has been spoken about for a long period of time. A lot of people have been speaking about that fight. He's currently the British and Commonwealth, is that That's right? It, yeah. At your weight. Uh, and I know that you've been chasing it for a period of time. There was rumours that it would have been made a little bit earlier on this year. It was supposed year. to happen on the Fight Camp show. We were supposed to headline the show. That was originally the pattern. That's why I was training so hard as well, was to headline the first Fight Camp show. And it wasn't an issue our end. I know Jenkins wanted the fight. Um... So it's just a matter of whether we can make it happen before November the 21st. If it can't happen, I'm going to have to look elsewhere. Uh, me and my team are in talks with world level of opponents right now. Mm. Now, either way, November 21st is kind of, is you know it's happening. The preference is Chris Jenkins, and I believe that the conversations are going. You, you're talking, offers are being made, and hopefully we can get something signed it's got, off. Well, it's got to be signed off within the ne- you know early next week because we want to we want to get a definite opponent for November 21st. Okay, and that ball is in his court. It is in his court. So whether he accepts it or not, well, it's not even. I know Jenkins wants to fight. It's whether his team accepts it or not. If they say no, well then, we'll we'll go elsewhere. Okay, but November twenty first, you're doing it. No, I will no be back what. out in action. Okay, I will show everyone what I've been working on, mm-hmm. and I can guarantee you lot, the animal is let out of the cage once again. So it's either British Commonwealth title on that undercard which is a wonderful wonderful fight for a supporting act to Dillian White and mm. uh, and Alexander Povetkin's my rematch. dad won the Commonwealth in his 17th fight by the way so for me to get the British and Commonwealth in my 17th fight I'll never let him live it down <laughs> I can tell you now that's flat in history now so now he's got the WBC and WB forget all that forget all that for a minute Yeah, I beat him to having two titles the British yeah. and the Commonwealth before 17th fight yeah. that's really why I want the fight <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's all about. <laughs> but if it's not that... World level of opponent. So you're talking about a guy, guys that have been maybe, challenging? Maybe former world title challengers. Okay. Um, people with... We're talking world level operators. Mm. I'm ready for that. Do you know what the beautiful thing about this conversation is? Is that we both know names, but we're not allowed to say them <laughs> on the radio. We both do know names. And what do you think of them names? They're good names. Listen, there's, there's a name... Um, and if it is that particular person, then there is immediate comparisons with other people that have fought this particular person in this weight category that then propel you to a different level at 147. 100%. 100%. And do you know what? I feel like, you know when you talk about man strength, and I, f- I feel like I have man strength for 18, but I am getting it. I mean, I'm getting it. You know when, like, you've got 18-ounce gloves on and you just know that you're punching hard? Mm. I don't know if it's because I'm twisting in my shots more, shots more, but when you've been grafting hard for four years, five years, and the DNA really kicks in, you've got a perfect mix right there. You've got a DNA that's, this, you know, you're hitting man strength, and then you've also got the technique that you've been working on. What more could I ask for? Got a bend DNA running deep in my veins. It's some good DNA, that, in it, to be fair. Do you know, there's, there's so many fighters out there. I don't, I don't think anybody really needs to find out about a gut check with uh, anybody called Ben. I think the gut check's there. It's, that, that's a given. It all comes down to, obviously, then refining skills um, yeah. and refining um, the little nuances, the little technicalities of the sweet science. That's, that's the things that you've obviously been working on in the gym. When it hits the fan, we know that you're up for it. That's and, that, and that's a big question for a lot of fighters because we don't know. 
those questions until those people are in that particular situation. I mean, you say the DNA runs strong, but then again, I've lived a very blessed life. Yeah. I haven't had a really, really had a hard time. You know, there's other fires out there. Your dad worked hard to provide that. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm going to do exactly the same for my son and my daughter when I have kids. Um, So, you know, it's uh, Every father wants that for their kids. Yeah. But when you then step into the boxing game, well, are you hungry? Yeah. Because really, after that Paynard fight, the first fight, you know, uh, did I, did I, I didn't know if I had it. I didn't have to fight like that. I could have just sat down on the canvas and gone, do you know what? This ain't for me, but the DNA runs strong. What drove you in that fight? Because let's be, let's be honest, up until that point, there's a lot, there's a big media bandwagon behind you. You're massive, right? yeah. And there, listen, it's the second coming of Ben. That's a lot of pressure within <laughs> yeah. itself, right? So you're in there, you're in the your call, you're fighting this kid and it's, it's about you. The whole narrative's about you. It's not about him, the whole narrative's about you. You get in there and you're on your backside yeah. Twice early in that fight. First round. Talk to me about what's going on in your head. Did that really just happen? That's what how I felt. And like it was like my pride got hurt. Like, yeah, all right, I'm gonna show him I ain't hurt mm-hmm. and I'm gonna hurt him. And that was my mindset from the first round. And then I just thought, you know what? I'm not feeling too sharp here. I'm not gonna, you know, box on the back foot the whole fight and box careful. I'm gonna slug it out. And that was, I had to do what I had to do to win. Mm-hmm. Second fight, I changed the whole, the whole thing around. Of course. But, but the first fight. Yeah. I, but, but did that But did that first fight, did you already know know that you had that? Nah. Or, or, or did that first fight then just confirm what you had? No, you don't know you got that. I didn't think I had that. I knew I could fight. Yeah. I liked having a fight. Doesn't mean I can fight. Yeah. You know, loads of people can box, but can you fight? When push to sh- comes to shove, can you actually have it? And that's, I like that challenge. Because I know when I get in a, people may outbox me. People may, you know, look good. But then when it comes down to it, can you fight? Mm-hmm. I know I can fight. If there's anything I know I can do, I know I can have it. So if there's anything I know I can do, you know, people go, yeah, I can do this. And well, I know I can have it. So I, I, I back myself there. But that ain't always the best thing. So that's what me and my team have been working on. I'd rather be able to have to train technical side of things of course. than having to train someone to have heart yep. and have a good pair. Listen, I say this all the time. All the things that you can't teach people, you've got them. The things that can be taught, you're obviously working on them right at this moment in time. Yeah, in people order just to get need better. to give me a bit of grace. Like, let, let me learn. So there you have it. Expect him out on November 21st. Opponent... TBC. Very popular, TBC, as an opponent. Lots of people fight him. But Connor will hopefully have some news for you in the not-too-distant future. One man that was in action at the weekend was the unified super lightweight champion, Josh Taylor. He wasn't in action for a long time, but I caught up with him pre-fight to talk about what might happen next after he gets through at Pinung Kong Song. The big one was, you know, because all the big fighters... um, all the big names are in and around my sort of weight class or red top rank um, and knowing boxing with the politics with different broadcasters different promoters this that and everything these fights very seldom get made or when they do get made they're years too late and things like that so I thought you know it was a no brainer it's a 
biggest audience, definitely, you know, this side and that side of the pond, you know. Um, so I just think um, it was a no-brainer for me, just like the biggest platform, the biggest names, and makes it easiest, these big fights easiest to make. So, yeah, Bob's a man, so, yeah, it's good. Hopefully, hopefully get this done on Saturday and we can move on to bigger things, but, you know, that's at the back of my mind. Well, on that, because you're not one for taking tin cans, are you? I've, if you look at the actual record, 16 fights, and especially the last four, I mean, that combined record of your last four opponents are 94 and one before you stepped into the ring with him, and that, and that one was Terence Crawford beating Postol. is absolutely ridiculous. A lot of people, by the time they get to the 16th fight, are maybe just starting to think of stepping it up. You went fast from where go, not to 60 in three seconds. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, zero to 100, <laughs> real quick. Um, yeah, just, I said that right from the, the start to, with my team before, right when I was turning professional, I was I don't want to be turning pro. I've been to the Olympics, I've been to the World Championships, I've done a couple of WSB fights, I'm sparring with pros all the time since I was 15, 16, 17 year old. You know, I don't want to be going in and turn professional and fighting 10 journeymen, it's going back the way. I want to go in obviously the first couple of fights, you know, and then I want to be, I want to be progressed steadily and I want to be moved quickly because I was 25 at the time as well. So I know I'm still very young, but 25 turning pros, relatively late you know um, so I thought you know I want to I want to get in there I don't want to waste time waste two three years uh, fighting journeymen you know I want to I want to test myself and step up quickly and that's what that's what they did they did a great job um, fair play you know credit where it's due they did a great job so do you think that's helped your development because I was speaking to Ben about other fighters and he's obviously worked with Billy Joe and Tyson and people like that. And their need, he, he believes that they need some type of jeopardy in a fight, you know what I mean? To, re, to feel that they're under a threat to get the best out of them. Yeah. Would you say that that's helped your development fighting the, I mean, let's be honest, you fought the very, very best. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to, you know, and um, halfway through the fights there, was a, there were a couple, especially with the Harrow fight, um, they were wanting to delay it a little bit more. I said, no, get it now. Get it now, I want to get it now. I'll beat him, no problem. And I, I gave them that... Um, the confidence in myself, you know, um, they had a little bit of questions, but I gave them the, the confidence in, to, in me. I think they already had confidence in me, but like I cemented it by telling them, no, I'll, I'll smash him up, I'll beat him up, and they got the fight made and we done it. And it was best one of the best things we've done because that was then got my name out there and I was a fuck the man to beat him and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's been it's been great development, you know, um, and that's what I wanted right for the very start was to be putting big fights from the start of my career because it gives you that fear factor and that challenge and it makes you perform better as well where'd you keep the Muhammad Ali trophy by the way it's in the living room in the, in the, get lost that's the too, mate there's yeah. no way that's in the um, living room it's massive because we every, and during lockdown obviously everywhere was shut furniture stuff and that so we're getting like a wall made to put like you know things in and cabinet sort of stuff made so we're just able to get getting around to doing that now it's as big as a small person mate you can't have that like know, yeah. out we're actually thinking about making it into like a kind of bespoke like coffee table and that you know it's a glass on the top of it, it would look really cool so we'll do something with it no absolutely man um as well as new promotion you've got new trainer working with ben talk to me about that relationship because it seems to have hit it off straight away i've obviously spoken to him quite a lot he's he's absolutely loving it talk to me about the things that he's adding to the game yeah it's been brilliant you know same it's the start of a real good friendship you know we're getting along really well you know as soon as first couple of sessions we're together we clicked and you know we've never looked back um, we're flying, we're flying in the gym, you know, you'll see on Saturday what we're doing. Um, just a wee bit more complete, a wee bit more poised, you know, touching back on the things that I kind of neglected my last couple of fights, um, you know, 
because I do believe I could have won the last two fights a wee bit more easier for myself. Could have made them a wee bit more easier for myself. Yeah, but it. yeah, but as a fan, I kind of like what you did, man. You know what I mean? You brought the entertainment factor, you know? Yeah, I know, and that's <laughs> it. And that's that's my fighting spirit coming out as well. I want to get in there and I want to hurt people. You know, I want to, I want to, I want to do damage in there. Like I want to, without sounding violent, but it is a violent, it is a violent sport. It's a violent sport, but I want to get in there and when I'm in a fight, I want to hurt you. So it's the name of the business. So um, I think that's what comes out a wee bit too much at times, but um, we've still got that, but we're, we're working on just setting it up better. Josh more, Taylor's more not going on the back foot, is he? He's not, not going on the back not, foot, son. Not a chance in hell. Um, <laughs> not a chance in hell. Um, it's just been a setting, setting things up and being more clever with my approach. No, absolutely. Um, recently, couple of guys in your weight division went at it one of your old adversaries in Victor Postol put in a wonderful performance against uh, against Ramirez which kind of makes your victory against him look even better than it did the f- when, when, when it originally happened what did you make of that fight and looking at it you must be now licking your lips at the, uh, uh, the possibility of something mega happening for you next year yeah 100% um, I scored the fight a draw myself when I watched it I've only watched it the once you know I watched it and turned it back off um, Got my own thing going on, so I turned it back off straight away. Um, yeah, I scored the fight a draw. I thought Victor Postel was quite unlucky not to get the decision. You know, it could have went either way, but I thought it was quite unlucky. I just thought Postel was scoring the, 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 yeah, the better jabs, better one-twos, and especially in the last couple, few rounds, you know, catching Ramirez coming in. And I just, um, I never seen anything different from Ramirez at all, what I've seen from any other team before. I still believe he's a very good fighter. I still believe he's very strong, very, very formidable. You know, as um, I believe he can probably perform better than that, given that you know he had to, have, he had three training camps leading up to that fight. You know, um, had to peak three times. You know, so that that obviously takes a little bit out of you as well in short time, short period of time. So I do believe he can. That all comes into play, but ultimately, I never seen anything different with what I've seen before. And uh, yeah, I'm very happy with what I saw. It's my job to look ahead for stuff and get excited about fights that maybe can happen in the, in the, in the future. We've obviously got Kong Song this weekend. Fingers crossed we can get to a unification. Once that happens, a couple of weeks ago, I spoke to Teofimo Lopez. He's got a unification of his own coming up and he says he's going to come through that. Then he's moving up in weight and he, he fancies a dance. Do you fancy it? Yeah, if he wants to do it, let's do it. I'll fight anybody. You know, I'd fight more in shadow. You know, it's, uh, I'll fight anybody if anybody's wanting to fight. I'm, I'm, I'm game to fight anyone. I'm not shy away from anyone. Well, you're in the perfect promotional bubble aren't you because Tiafimo if he does move to 140 is a wonderful fight there for you you could go up to 147 Terence Crawford's sat there the future's bright for Josh Taylor mate yeah the, the options are like sort of limitless almost with, with top rank you know it's, uh, so obviously if that fight with Tiafimo or, or Limochenko came about and everything was right of course take it in a heartbeat let's do it let's dance even if a lightweight if they want to do it I'll do it um, you know I'll, I'll make lightweight easy um, I'll go up to 147 I'll another world championship there I'll be a freeweight world champion seeing you as well in training um, doing the old martial arts you, you're not getting back into it are you you're not going to think of maybe a crossover fight you're going back into the cage what are you doing uh, I, say, I, I watched a bit of Cobra Kai and I go back there, <laughs> brought the old back tape on Dodies so yeah thank you um, so yeah I'd say brought back a bit of on Dodies it would be a bit stiff but I don't think it would take too long to get back in it so that's Josh Taylor before he fought at the weekend. One man that joined us after he fought at the weekend was Charlie Edwards. He made the step up from flyweight to bantamweight and he joined us on the show straight after his fight. It was uh, nice to get back in the ring, especially moving up two weights to bantamweight. 
but it um, goes to show that I am actually a super flyweight. He was massive in there, and he gave me a um, tough fight. But that's during the week, Charlie. When we we had a little bit of a chat at the the press conference and weigh-ins, the um the we knew that obviously with Carl's background coming from the world of kickboxing, and when we're talking about elite level kickboxer, he's a mm. tough cookie. We know that he's a tough cookie, and therefore you wanted a proper challenge. There's no point in a former world champion like yourself going in there and fighting a tin can. There's no point in that. It was no. a proper workout, and you got a proper workout, but you came through it with uh, with, with flying colours. Yeah, definitely. He was tough and he was awkward. We knew that going into it. He's one of the fighters that a lot of people won't fight because of that, that issue. Like inside, he had a few hidden tricks, especially coming from the kickboxing realm, like holding the head and punching up. And um, it was something that like I've gained experience from. So that's what we wanted. Coming up to um, bantamweight and getting offered that fight, um, we took it. And um, Kyle's a massive bantamweight. And um, like he said, he he could be a super bantamweight. And um, tonight, mm. when I got in the ring and looked across, I thought, all right, we're in for a tough night's work here. <laughs> but I just kept on my toes, danced around, and um, I got the job done. But it was a good night's work. I didn't want no easy night work. And, um, I needed to dust myself down. Like, I haven't done um, 12 rounds since, not this March gone, March before. Yeah. My last fight against Martin has only went three rounds. So it's been a long time out of the ring. So I was buzzing to be back. No, absolutely, mate. And everything that's going on in the world, I've no doubt the psychological aspect of thinking about fighting when you can't necessarily fight is, is, a, is a very difficult thing. Obviously, Connor's alongside I me. Mean, we've been speaking about very similar things over the last couple of weeks, haven't we? You know what I mean? Where you, you want to fight, but because of everything that's going on in the world, you can't, you can't get that work because of, of, of restrictions that are out there. Well, definitely. I mean, Charlie, you've come back in great shape, mate, haven't you? So you've yeah. obviously used the lockdown time to better yourself and you jumping up two weights and performing like you did tonight. What a great performance. No, nice one, Connor. I appreciate it, mate. Um, yeah, I was keeping ultra professional in lockdown. I see you're doing exactly the same. It's um, that professional lifestyle we we it's have. Hard, though. It? Um, <laughs> how did you how did well, you find well, it? Hang on a minute, Charlie. Don't pay compliments. <laughs> He's been out for dinner with his missus tonight. He's had a chocolate fondant, mate. You know what I mean, Charlie? That, you know what the rest days hey, are like, it's mate. Cheat day. Yeah, see, yeah. you know that. Oh, you gone. Have my back. <laughs> <laughs> He's going for a run after the show, though, aren't you, mate? You're going for a little yeah. trot. How Just did you how did you find it in there, Charlie? Um, it was it was a good fight. It was um, he's a tough game cookie. Awkward he was, um, but coming up from flyweight to bantamweight, it's, it is a big yeah, big yeah. jump. Although look, there's not a lot a lot of pounds in it, it's a completely different experience. Um, he was tough. He was game. He was big at the weight. He obviously put a lot yeah. of weight on from the weigh in. Um, to be fair, I didn't think he was a, like a banger. I've been in with bigger punches, but his physical presence was annoying. And yeah. like I was hitting him. And I was catching him and hurting him with some shots, but he just kept pushing and walking forward. And it got to the point in there where I was like, oh, come on, just stay, get, get away from me. So yeah. um, it just goes to show that I am I am a super flyweight, but with that opportunity that come up, it was good just to get back in with this COVID situation. It was yeah. hard. It was always going to be tough to get a super flyweight fight. So it was nice to dust off the cobwebs. And what about having no crowds there? Oh, it's, it is a weird experience. Is it, is it like sparring? Oh, it's proper weird. It's just, you know, that like when you're warming up, it's not like normally you're on edge, you can hear the arena erupting around you. Like, yeah. you get that like quality changing room, everything's like set into place. You're in like a little box, a box curtain thing, and it's all quite rushed. You get there, you only have an hour to get wrapped up, then wow. get started. And it, walking out, it's, it's a weird experience. The music ain't as loud, it's not, it's not so much glitz and glamour. It, it was weird. You get into the ring, you look around, and it's a bit weird. It takes a couple of rounds to get into it. Okay. The experience, though, of 
obviously competing now at Bantamweight. You've just mentioned yeah. there that you're a super fly. Mm. You've got your eye on something. What are you thinking next and when do you want to be doing it? Um, I w- I'm going to have a couple of weeks off, obviously, after this fight. Um, but I want to be back out in um, December. Yeah. I want to get back out, back in the ring. Like like I said, um, I've been inactive for the last um, year, really. Well, since not this March, March before. I only had three rounds against Martin. So I've been inactive. I want to get my uh, ring rust away. I want to build my confidence again. I had a dark time coming through the Martinez fight with all the crazy weight making and mm. stuff from social media, all the backlash off of it. So that was like to get my confidence back. I was a bit nervous, more nervous than normally getting back into the ring. So um, it's good to get back in there. And now I want to push in, get another tough fight and um, not rush to get straight back into world level because once you're at world level, you've got to stay there. And it's, a, it's, not, it's not easy to stay at the top. Um, so I need, I want another tough fight in December. Superfly? You want to do that at Superfly? Superfly yeah, definitely. Definitely that down at Superfly weight. And then it's where the opportunity arises. Like um, in, next, in the next 12 months, be back at world level. But I think I need to get the rounds in. I need to build my confidence again. And um, I need to get back on firing on all cylinders after the mad layoff. Mm. You know that your your name will be uh, linked once again to uh, Cal Fine now that you're talking about those types of weights, aren't you, mate? You know what I mean? People oh, are going. A hundred percent. Like it's 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 always been a thing. I've always wanted Cal Fine. I think I've made that pretty clear. Yeah. All the way through, we've got history, everything like that, and the only one who seems to not want it is him. So um, it's one of them things. It's the same old narrative. I ain't going to waste my career on waiting around for him and keep calling his name. If it happens, it happens, and I'm ready to. Listen, and if Frank and Eddie get together and they want to make the fight, we can have the discussion. But until that happens, I'm just going to focus on my career. Check this out, Connor, right? Because obviously he's been he's been concentrating on getting himself back in the ring. But not only that, he's relocated, changed house, got engaged, got ba- baby on the way. What, what what else are you doing, mate? Is there is there anything else that you're uh, that, uh, that you're thinking yeah. of doing? I mean, you might as well get it all married. done. I'm get it all done. Married next week. Oh, mate. You're joking! He's Congratulations, dropping, mate. He's dropping it all on the show. Dropping it all. on. <laughs> 2020 ain't been a waste of time. That's... I focused on my private life instead well, of my career for life. You've smashed it, mate. <laughs> there you go. There's a lot going no, no, on. No, no. Well, <laughs> good luck with all that. Are you doing it in the UK? Are you going away? Come on, you might as well. You might as well give us the um, info, man. We're, we're doing it in the UK because we want to be married and have the um, uh, family name yeah. for when our baby comes into the world. But then um, when COVID's out of the way, we want to go abroad and have the proper ceremony. Look at that, eh? And obviously... We we know your tradition of every. T- I mean, Connor's got a very similar tradition here. Every time you get a victory, another piece of ink hits that body. So come on, mate. Uh, you know it. When you do, when <laughs> you're doing the yeah. neck, Charlie, mate. Yeah, come so what's, on. What's next up? I know. I need to fill the neck. It's 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 been a long one coming. So I'm gonna try and hit that up after. Get the numbing cream on it. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, my my tattoo artist is a god godmother to um, our. Our child coming along, and she's actually here with me now. So I have to get to get the tattoo done out. <laughs> That's it. But tonight, tonight's the night, my man. There you go, get it done. Yeah. Are, you, are you done, but Connor? Are you done? No, uh, do you know what? It's a chore for me now. Is it? But you, you've no more flesh left, have you? You've, you've covered it all. I've got my legs, but I'm missing to kill me. <laughs> you, you, you're sick of all that pain. You Trust me. Look, is that, in a numbing cream as well. Do you use numbing cream, Charlie? But let's be honest. Yeah, of course I do. 100% I use numbing cream. <laughs> these big, tough fighters. <laughs> everybody's listening, thinking these are hard men. Right? I've, I've stuck it on you, Charlie. Now everybody knows we both use numbing cream. It's got to be done, now. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> The big news last week is that Alexander Usyk and Derek Chisora are going to throw down. Halloween is the date, which seems quite apt. I talked to David Hay, 
That's Derek Chisora's management. Never thought I'd ever say that, given their history. But he joined us on the show for a little bit of a chinwag about this fight and the appropriate nature of it happening on All Hallows' Eve. The whole world's upside down. Kids are not allowed to go out trick-or-treating now. You know, it's a, it's a crazy world we find ourselves in, but people are up for a fright night because uh, Derek Chisora has been doing everything he needs to to get himself in the perfect shape to go out there and, and do something that Alexander Yusik hasn't seen before, and that's go into a heavyweight, blow-for-blow, grudge match, you know, a fight where Yusik is going to have to really go soul-searching and have to dig in deep. You know, everybody knows Derek knows about fighting on empty. He's in the ring, he puts his fights with his, his heart on his sleeve, and he's just bombs from the very first round. Yusik is a very slick customer, not used to getting bashed up a bit. He's not used to getting roughed up. He's fighting a man 15 kilograms heavier than that's a solid two stone. He's going to be in, he's going to be in a situation he's never been in before. Olympic champion. We all know how great he is. He's in everybody's top five pound for pound. But he hasn't done it at heavyweight. He's only had one fight at heavyweight in two years. This could be a big, big banana skin for him. And I don't think he sees it. David, is that the key for Derek Juicy, Juicy, as in that he's got to set the pace because Usyk has been used to, in his cruiserweight career, setting the pace and dictating pace in all of his fights. No matter how he does it, he dictates it. Is it a case of Derek putting it on him right from the first bell? 100%. Usyk is a master of slowing the pace down so it, becomes, so it comes down to skill for skill. Derek can't match him for skills. Derek, that's not his thing. What Derek can do is make it so uncomfortable, set the pace so high, and hit him harder than he's ever been hit before. He's a big... He, he, Derek has been really, really working hard. He knows this is it for him. He knows... Mm. He, is, every fighter has that one fight where he knows this is my moment and this is it right now. He's had the... Per- believe it or not, this lockdown has been perfect for him. It means he hasn't been able to go out. He hasn't been able to do all the things he usually <laughs> does in the past. All he's done has been in the gym training, working hard, sparring, and the fight's been postponed so many times now. He's been in the gym for a year, literally mm, in yeah. a year for, for this specific fight, for against the Southpaw, working against, you know, working against he brought in Sainagashi, a fighter that he, he beat over 10 rounds and wasn't able to get to grips with him. He's brought him into camp just to make sure he knows he can. And he, he can do, he, he's hitting him more now in two rounds in sparring than he was in, in 10 rounds in that fight. From from the physical aspect of it, I mean, I keep up to date with him on social media, and he looks in incredible shape already. And we're still quite a way to yeah. go. Talk to me five about this tonight. Five weeks tonight. Talk to me about the psychological um, aspects of this particular fight because Derek's a, a, a big night performer. You know, as as you yeah. were in your career, the crowd come out for Derek. They're not going to be there on this particular night. How will that affect performance? Do you think that will not help Derek at all? Derek is a fighter who fights on adrenaline. He's normally completely exhausted after three or four rounds and just fights on heart. You know, so he needs the crowd cheer, cheering Derek Chisora the whole night. But he he, not, he understands now he's not going to get that. So he's going to need to be additionally fit. He needs to be so mentally strong going in there against someone who everybody is writing him off. Everybody's saying that it's a complete mismatch. But he, this guy he's fighting, as the fight was at, if Derek Chisora was a cruiserweight, yes, it would be a complete mismatch. But Derek Chisora isn't. Mm. He, you know, he's... 117 kilos, solid 117 kilos, and he can throw bombs from round one to round 12. He, look at just watch, rewatch the fights with Carlos Takam and uh, Dylan White. He would fights that he, you know, he was losing the fight against Takam. 
but he was he's able to absorb the punishment. He, he, he can take unhuman amounts of but the punishment he took against Tyler Taggart would kill the average man. Mm. Like Derek Zor is so tough. He can just keep going through it. And someone like Yusik, who's used to a very technical fight, isn't mentally or physically prepared to take his body to that dark place where these where Dylan White or where Derek Chisora, Carlos Takam have brought themselves. Because he's so skillful, I think his skill is going to be his downfall because physically he won't be able to absorb the type of punishment that Derek Derek Chisora can. And when it comes to when it comes down to who wants it the most and who is who can drown the longest. <laughs> Derek Chisora has been drowning his whole career, so he's he's ready for a tough, tough fight. And I don't think Usyk is. I think Usyk thinks this is the fight before the big one. Usyk could just sit at home and chill out and he gets to fight against Anthony Joshua. But he's not doing that. He's chosen, you know, Derek Chisora because maybe he's lost nine fights on his record. You know, he got knocked out three fights ago. So he's, he's, he's thinking to himself, okay, you know, this is a nice tune-up fight for me. But when he gets into that ring, it's going to be very, very uncomfortable for him. From, from Usyk's point of view, David, how easy is it to make that jump from being the main man at cruiserweight and going in with the big boys at heavyweight, something that you've done yourself? He, he's done it on one occasion so far. He jumped up against a guy called Chad Witherspoon, um, uh, t- terrible Tim Witherspoon's son, yeah. who took the fight on only less than, less than a week's notice. And Usyk it took him like seven-odd rounds to... To, to break him down and get him out of there. And he wasn't able to knock him down. He didn't look that great. So I'm thinking, okay, that was interesting to see. If, if, if Usyk was uh, the, the heavyweight killer that he, he's talking about being, winning world titles, he should definitely get someone who was out of shape, under-motivated, out of there in good style. You know, when I had my first heavyweight fight after I was unified cruiserweight champion, mm. it was against a guy called Monty Barrett. Yeah. Had it at the O2 Arena, and it was a bomb. It was a, it was a complete bomb out. I was, I, I, I was knocked him down. He knocked me down. I got back up and knocked him down like five times. It was a real <laughs> barnstormer, and that's the fight that propelled me into the heavyweight title fight. Usyk, is, Usyk wants one of those, and to do that against Derek, he's going to have to go toe-to-toe. He's going to have to stay in the pocket and fight with Derek, and the moment he does that is the moment it all comes crumbling down around him. Mm. Um, just a quick one on the on the landscape of the heavyweight division because we've seen that Dillian White's getting back in with Alexander Povetkin very very quickly. Yeah. Um, I think his medical ban finishes on October the seventh, and then he's back in in November. Yeah. What, what's your initial thought on that? I mean, kudos obviously for getting wanting to get back in there yeah. for White, but is it too soon in your opinion? Um, I don't know. I, you know, on pay, it looked like he had the fight completely under control, and it just got hit one shot. Um, can is will the same thing happen again? You know, has he eradicated whatever the reason was for him to duck onto that left uppercut from Povetkin? Maybe he has, maybe he hasn't. You know, I know that um, the embarrassment of being knocked out makes you go back to the gym straight away to just to continue it. He just wants to get the fight. He wants because he was in such control. He's so frustrated because he had waited a thousand days as the WBC mandatory um, challenger. And now all of a sudden that's been upset. That's been completely wiped out. And he's going to have to start again. And uh, he wants to just hurry up and get in there and get that uh, the WBC giving us the gold belt mm. um, back around his waist so he can you know start banging the banging the drum for his WBC um, heavyweight title shot. But I, I think he's got a great shot in the in the rematch. Um, what does Povetkin have? You know the, the wily old campaigner, former world heavyweight champion, the former Olympic gold medalist. You know he's a guy who's been there and done it. You know, he, he he may find another way, or um, the the fitness and the youth of Dylan White is going to going to really tell. Mm. 
Um, we'll make it just a just a quick one before I let you get back to your work this evening, David. The, we're we're making a fantasy world boxing super series of heavyweights on the show tonight. First of all, yeah. I just want to get your thoughts on that tournament because I'm sure, um, as you you've probably seen tonight, that Dortikos and uh, and Bredis are going at it in your old division. I'm sure it's something that you yeah. would have liked to have been around when you were fighting. Yeah, yeah, it would have been. It would have been so much easier. You know, <laughs> I, had fight, I had to fight for. I had to fight for. Work my way up the rankings, the, the WBC rankings. I had to, uh, you know, fight, you know, final eliminators against undefeated fighters to then get my shot. Um, but fortunately, you know, I, I fought Jean-Marc Mormek, who was the WBC, WBA, mm. and he had the IBF. But before my fight, he was uh, stripped of the IBF. So that I didn't have that one. Then I unified it in, against Enzo Macronelli mm. at the O2 Arena later. So, you know, I, I, I was undisputed myself, but it was very, very difficult because to get all of the governing bodies to work with each other and agree about mandatory challenges is very tough. So it's great to see, though, that the Super Series doing, doing just that and making putting the politics to one side and giving the fans what they truly are. Fans don't care about the politics. Of exactly. They just want to see the best fighters fight the best fighters. And that, fortunately, is happening now. Maybe what's happened in the world is forcing people to, you know, give the fans what they want because they've got such, you know, t- so, so many great fights happening right around the world. There's, you know, there's uh, so many other sports. Like the UFC, for instance, and mixed martial arts. People mm. are taking the big fights that the fans want and boxing's really following suit now. Mm. Regarding the heavyweights then, if, if, if Fury and AJ are tied up and they're sorting their own selves out if, in the fantasy world, mm. what do you make of uh, a heavyweight World Boxing Super Series maybe for next year involving like your your boy Derek and various others uh, from around the I world. Love I love it. You know, you chuck in some some of the big names. You know, you got you know obviously Dylan White and Povetkin. Yeah, they're, they're both they're both massive names. You got the uh, you know Derek Chisora and Usyk. You know, all of these guys are kind of mandatory. You got Pulev who's ready to fight. Um, Andy Joshua he's worked himself up into a mandatory position. And obviously Wilder and Fury, so you got yeah. a, a nice, nice, nice names there, and you can, you know, you can toss a coin with a lot of the the fighters. But the two fighters who so far has have shown me they 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 have what it takes to to pick up that trophy is obviously Fury and AJ. You know, they're the guys with the current heavyweight title belts, and um, that's the fight everybody truly has to see at some stage. So hopefully um, Fury gets gets past Wilder. And uh, AJ gets past uh, Pulev, and we can we can get the the fight of all fights, and um, you know I, I I can't wait for that one. How far is Daniel Dubois in your in your opinion? He's not far at all. You know he's he's, he's so young. You know he's he could he could he could he could take three years off and he'd still be young. <laughs> That's how young he is. <laughs> and um, you know his fight against uh, Joe Joyce. Um, you know these these are just outside of the fighters ready to fight for world titles. Um, so I think once we see the winner of that two, they're, they're, they're right in the mix with the, all of the names that I just mentioned. The other names are just a, more, a little bit more well-established yeah. in the heavyweight division at the moment. You know, we, but either four, four world titles or very close to doing it. So that, that, for me, will show the next heavyweight superstar from the UK. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Whilst we're on the subject of Usyk versus Chisora, let's talk to Dave Allen. I know what you're thinking. Why are we talking to Dave Allen? Well, he's in Ukraine. He's training with Usyk. He can give us inside information. So I wonder what it's like Saturday night in Ukraine. Well, it's currently uh, 1 a.m. out here. Um, I've not really slept since I first spotted you. Sit worrying about all the rest of the sparks coming up, so it's all right. It's all good. <laughs> I've not really slept very much. Uh, there's not really much doing here at all, mate. To be honest, I'm just in my single bed now with my with my sheet. It's the thinnest sheet you've ever seen. Um, <laughs> it's about 30 degrees in the day and minus 10 at night. It's it's confusing, but. Uh, I'm just getting on with it. This experience is uh, is like it's like no other. I've, I've never really sparred a fight like you said before. It's it's an amazing experience. How did how did the experience come about, Dave? What happened? Did they call you? You call him? How did it all come together? Well, I was just sat at home one day and um, I, I got a WhatsApp um, from a guy called Sergey, and I thought I don't really know any Sergeys. I'm not really sure who this could be. <laughs> so anyway, I went onto my phone and um, part of Team Usyk. Uh, would I like to come to Ukraine? I said, well, when will this be? Because at the time, the Chisora Yusuf fight had not been re-announced, so I'm thinking, when could this fight be? So I think he said, uh, uh, we want you here on Sunday. And I think it was Thursday at the time. Wow. Um, and I said, well, obviously, I'm a busy man. So how long you got out there, Dave? Pardon? How long you got out there? Two weeks altogether. I've been here a week now. I've got another week left. Um... Like I said the sparring's great, but everything else is not so great. As the so, food, uh, oh, and the food, the, oh the food's been fun, you know. I've been uh, <laughs> I've been having to work to get my food. I've been making animal noises to try and um, <laughs> to try and work out, distinguish what meat is what. I've been the first day I got here, I was making all kind of animal noises, just trying to work out what the meat was. What, what do you mean? Because uh, of the no language barrier? Because of the language barrier, you're having to act out what animal it is in order to distinguish whether it's chicken or. A pork well, or... the first day I got here, the, the woman said to me, uh, she, she gave me my food, and I said, uh, said, what meat is this? And she looked at me, obviously speaks no English. I said, okay. So I went, I said, it's a pig, pig. <laughs> so anyway, she started shaking red at me. I said, all right, okay. So I had a little, I had a little nibble of it. I went, ah, 
what? What's that like a chicken noise? Is that her? And uh, she starts laughing and nodding her head. So I'm like, oh, that's chicken. <laughs> so the next few days, that's just how I work things out. You know, I just try to. Uh, there's, there's no, there's no, there's no shops here. I can't really leave. I've only been out once. There's no five pound big chicken burger and chips here. You know what I mean? Not my usual diet dietary requirements, but. Um, <laughs> But we're getting on with it, you know. The food's not great. I probably lost half a stone in the last week, to be honest. But uh, it's it's it is what it is. What's you've just mentioned there? Sparring Usyk is like something that you've never done before. Talk yeah. to me. Talk to me about not necessarily being in the ring with the fellow. What's he like from a preparation point of view? We're talking about an Olympic gold medalist, former, former undisputed cruiserweight world champion. Is camp totally different than what you've experienced with other guys? Well, I, I'm in the Ukraine Olympic uh, training base. We've all uh, there's a lot of wrestlers here. There's there's all sorts of sportsmen here. So I see Usyk for two hours every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, he uh, he trains different to anything I've ever seen before. He does he does things differently. Um, he's like he's, you know what he reminds me of Tyson Fury in lots of ways. Uh, he's eccentric. He's his own man. He trains in his underpants. Um, He's very similar to Tyson in, in, in all that he does. And, and that was the thing that, that struck me the, after the first session is, is him and Tyson are very similar. Um, but he, his, his training is very different to, to, to what I've seen before. Regarding when you're in there then with him, because you've obviously been brought over to replicate in some way, shape or form, his, his yeah. opponent in Derek Chisora. So when you're in there with him, talk to me about how good he is because you've been in with some big good boys you've been in with some good yep. fighters mate so were is he is he the best that you've ever been in the ring with sparring as well 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 monday i arrived monday we we did two minute rounds monday um and i'm i'm here to do a job but i'm also here not not i don't want an headache i don't want black eyes and i don't want my career showing in uh with sparring so Monday, Wednesday, I looked after myself and I, I boxed him and I didn't really get hit very much because I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here for that. Friday, they said, please, we, we want you to replicate Derek's order, and I was a bit tired. I mean, yeah, that's fine, whatever, I'll have a scrap. <laughs> um, so Monday, Wednesday, I boxed him. Uh, Friday, I, I tried to fight him, um, and all three days, um, no matter what I did, he just had an answer for it all. He's, uh, he's got a special ability to. He works people out very quick. Um, the one thing I noticed is on the first day, I might have hit him with a certain shot. On the second day, I might have hit him with another. On the third, I might have hit him with another. Uh, but I never hit him with the same shot again. I'm not hitting with the same shot twice yet. Wow. Even if something as simple as a left jab, you don't hit him with it twice because he works it out very quickly. Um, he is. He, he moves the best. He moves better than Tyson, but he's four stone lighter at the same time. Pound for pound, there's not much in it. But... Um, he just moves so well. He he, he moves. Uh, I've not I've not open sparred welterweights and middleweights, but I've body sparred him and I've been in the ring with him and moved around with him. And he's as agile and as quick as a welterweight, and a world class welterweight. That that's how well he moves. Um, he's a very special fighter. I think I think him and I think him and um, Tyson Fury are, are miles and away the, the most uh, naturally talented fighters I've ever shared a ring with ever. Wow, there you go, mate. Listen, let's talk about you because. You've got your own hopes, dreams and ambitions in this game. I know that obviously COVID came along uh, and has kind of just put a halt to a few things because you just moved gyms. You just started teaming up with Jamie and what have you. Have you managed to get over to Salford and, and actually work one-on-one or were it all over over the phone that you were that you guys were having conversations? 
Yeah, I had some time with him. I had uh, I had three or four weeks over there, and it was it was uh, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I got myself into great shape. I, I did that at the start of lockdown and trained all through it with my sister. Uh, and then went to Salford uh, with, with Jamie, and we had a with a great time. And then the fight the fights weren't coming off. You know, I could have boxed on the the, the white Bevetkin card. I could have boxed on another card, but things never came off. So. Um, I said to Jamie, I said, look, I said, I'll be back. I said, financially, it doesn't make sense for me to be here all the time. I can't really do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I get fat news, I'll be back. So I, I then went back home and uh, continued to just tick over and train. And then the then this sparring came up, Povetkin sparring's come up, and, and now our fight date's come up as well. So um, so as soon as I get back from, from Ukraine, I'll be back in Salford preparing preparing for a fight, which I shall have news on, I, I hope, in the next seven days. Have, we, have you got an idea? Come on, you've got, you've got to give it us now, Dave. You've got to give it us. Have you got an idea of day? Well, have you got an idea of level of opponent that you want to be in we? Well, I, I, I speak to Eddie Hearn every three or four days. I miss him every day, but I get a reply every three or four days, <laughs> uh, which, which I'm told by other fighters, that, that's quite good. So, um, <laughs> So anyway, I said to Ed the other day, I spoke to him the other day, he rung me the other day, and uh, I think we're going to go on the Usage Zone undercard. Excellent. Um, talking opponents, I, I was expecting certain opponents, and he came back to me and said, no. He said, um, he said no, we should think about boxing A, B, and C, which I won't mention, but A, B, and C uh, are winnable fights for me, you know? The the, the really good fights, the, the, the fights against... Former world title challenges. I'm not really sure what I should and shouldn't be saying, but I've got a problem with that, and it's all right. I think <laughs> Eddie knows it all right. Um, it shouldn't tell me things because I can't help it. That's but, it. Uh, but yeah, I think I think I will box October 31st. I think it'd be against uh, a big name, and um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. You know, I've got, I've got the bit between my teeth and the spine over here. I feel like I've, I've only I've done 12 rounds in this week, and and I, and I feel I already feel like they've improved me already. Sounds good, man. Have you have you ever done that, Connor? Have you ever gone into a camp, whether it's in Eastern Europe or whether it's over in the States or anything like that? I've gone to um, Golden Boy, uh, sparred a fight around there in um, Robert Garcia's boxing gym. Nice. Uh, sparred Lenny Zappavinia out in Freddie Roach's gym. And it's just amazing how much you can learn from seeing the way they fight because they do fight differently over there. Um, and I learned a lot. So I can imagine what you're learning, Dave. Yeah, Usyk. I think Usyk's. Um, he's one of the best fighters on the planet. Uh, anyway, always, all of them. He's, he's literally Lomachenko, Crawford, and as soon as you mentioned, I think they're for me. They're the top two pound for pound fighters. So Dave, right now, you know. So you um, now sparring Usyk. What do you reckon? What's your prediction for Chisora Usyk? Well, you know that's that's a difficult thing to say. I, mean, I know you got back the Brit. Uh, no, well, no, I, I don't have to. I don't have to back him at all. I um, <laughs> all I'm right a then. big Usyk fan. I'm a big Usyk fan. You know, I, I like okay. Usyk. He's a, I'm a big fan of him as a boxer and as a bloke. While I've been over here, one one thing, I, he, he's just an absolute gent. You know, yeah. Uh, his English isn't the best, but he's made a real effort with me to make me feel welcome. Uh, I've, he's let me use his hand wraps, his gloves, his egg guard. I just feel like part of the team. Yeah. You know, uh, even if I had me fishing, but I'm not really, a, I'm not really a fishing kind of guy, so. Um, Can Chisora well, pull yeah, one out of the bag? I, I think, I think, I think, I think Usyk wins. I think he wins. Um, I don't think it'd be easy. I sparred Derek as well, and Derek can punch, and he's a very physically strong and tough man. And you know, and if you can, if you can, if you can get, if you can get up close, then De- Derek will cause cause him all the problems in the world. Yeah. I just think, I just think Usyk. I think only the Fiori's, the Joshuas, uh, the real big heavyweights can beat him. Good point. 
Listen, Dave, is it is it bedtime now, or are you are you are you is it Netflix? What, what how, how are you entertaining yourself, pal? Well, you know the Wi-Fi is not bad, mate. So it's not, <laughs> it's not uh, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that for Saturday <laughs> night, shall we? There's a few fights on that you could get stuck into tonight. There's a, there's a bit to watch, isn't there? Yeah, you know, I'm just uh, I get I get wake I get awoken at half seven every morning by the aspiring partner, the Ukrainian fellow, who's looking after me. So he takes me for breakfast every morning. And, Magic. Uh, yeah, so it's all good. It's, it's an experience, and it's one in ten years I'll look back and say, you know what, it weren't as good as a Klitschko camp in the five-star surroundings, but you know what, I did it, and, and, uh, and it's, it's a great story to tell. Now, the big monster fight that all fans are excited about is on October the 17th when Teofimo Lopez takes on Vasil Lomachenko. All the marbles in the lightweight division are on the table. Can the IBF champion, the 23-year-old, making his first defence of his belt, pull off the unthinkable. I caught up with him to find out where his head's at. At 23 years of age, becoming an um, undisputed world champion, you know, be the fifth one of, I believe, of this, of ever, and also be the four belt, you know. Well, I think it's five belts. Yeah, Ring Magazine is also yeah. included in this. So, I mean, it's, for, it's all or nothing. And I'm very happy about that and be the first Latino to become undisputed in the four belt era. You know, um, it's a it's a great opportunity right here, man. So why not? You know, when you have all we have all the riches right there in front of you, when you have all the stuff that you always thought about, you always dreamed about to have it right there. Um, it's right there in the grasp of my hands right there. So I'm definitely going to take advantage of that, you know, and we're working really hard for it. I want you to clear something up because I know that this didn't happen, but I want you to clear this up. So this fight gets made. We're in the middle of a pandemic. And then there's a report that goes around that a percentage of Lomachenko's purse, he's given it up. And then it comes to give to you in order to make the fight happen. Tio, come on. Talk to me real. What happened? It's pure b- and, and that's really just what it was. And man, just for that to be, to, to even be thrown at and they promoted it that way. You know, the same way they promoted that I... Um, at one point, you know, they said I declined the fight. No, I declined the offer that they came and they did with me. The same way they promoted with Vasily Lomachenko in the 800K. Now, if they promote our fight that is actually happening, it's already signed and, de- and, and said, you know, everything's done with, then we'll have more views, you know what I mean? But they're promoting that side, and which is not even true. You know, ESPN stepped in the table and stepped to the plate, you know, and... I still, you know, I still didn't get my fair share. You know what I mean? But it's either have everyone say that I duck and dodge a fighter when that's not true. That's not who I am. Take the fight. And you know what? It is what it is. Uh, I've been screwed over before. That's fine with me. I'm okay with that. I'll do it again then. It's all right. You know what? Um, And um, that's why, you know, with this fight going on and everything, it's not only Lomachenko I'm going to be beating up. It's everyone else that's on this deal. Do you like him? No, I don't like L- Lomachenko. Why? What's that? What has he done? Everybody always asks me why I don't like him and and what is it for and what's the reason? Is it just for show or anything like that? I just don't like it. I just You know, you ever look at somebody and, and, you know, you see somebody's face. I don't know if you ever grabbed that at them. They just look like, uh, you know, you never judge somebody, you know? My thing is I don't ju- ever judge a book by its cover. You know what I mean? Um, that's how I've always been. That's why when you met me, um, some people, not you, 
But others will say, man, you really aren't this arrogant <laughs> person I thought you would be. Uh, it's because they judge me without really knowing me. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but for me, and I know that and I understand that. So why am I going to judge someone without knowing them first? I've met him. I had a small talk with him. And just seeing the way he's around, how he is around certain people, it just irritated the, the it just irritated me. And I'm thankful that we're able to make this fight happen because now I get to finally like do some damage to this man. I want the best for Lomachenko, but that's in another weight class. You know what I mean? And 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 because I understand that he wants to make history and he wants to he wants to build his legacy more. And this is it for him. And the same goes for me, you know. But he could do that at 130, at 126. This is my weight class. I've been in this weight class. I started in this weight class, and I'm gonna finish it the right way in this weight class. Do you envision this one being the last at 135? and us stepping up to 140 at some point next year. I would absolutely love to uh, face the winners out of Josh Taylor and um, Jose Ramirez, you know? Why not become undisputed at 135 and then become, again, undisputed at 140, back wow. to back, you know? Wow. That, that'll, that'll be something to talk about, you know? That's who I am. That's the type of fighter I am. I, don't, I love to step up to the plate and do things like that, things that are, you know, um, just make more history, make a legacy for myself as well. You know, and um, that's what it's all about. You know, in order to be the best, you have to face the best or fight the best, whatever they want to say. I know I'm the best, and um, and I just have to perform every time to show that I am the best. Why not go back and we go to the UK and face uh, someone, you know, out there? Josh Taylor, you just mentioned his name, man. You can, you can come yeah. to the UK and do that thing. There's 18 million homes that this is going to be beamed into. I don't want to put extra pressure on you. I know you don't feel that pressure, but this is... This really feels like a proper moment for boxing in America and, and an opportunity for yourself and obviously Vasily to become household names. Of course, you know, and that's the thing that I love the most. The more the merrier. That's who, that's how I am. You know what I mean? The more the merrier. And I, and I love it, you know. And the more people are able to watch us, the more I get to um, show what I'm all about. Will you stop him? My job is to do what I know best. And um, the rest is there. You know, of course, my, my job is obviously if I have it in my hands to do that, I'm going to take advantage of it, you know, and that's who I am. So if I hurt him, best believe I'm going to continue to do that and finish the fight. Um, I'm younger. I'm stronger. I'm faster. I'm hungrier. You know, um, he's experienced. Um, he has all the credentials of pound for pound in that list. All those things that we can talk about. Correct. Right. Um, but just when it comes to it, lightweight division is not for him. And, um, you know, he's better off at 130, like I said, or 126. He's a smaller guy, and he needs to face guys that are in his weight class. I'm a big 135-pounder, but I'm not going to just um, depend on my, my massive body on this guy. You know, we're going to do many things technical, and, and we're just going to pick him apart. I'm not worried about the guy that I'm facing in front of him. I'm worried about the person I'm facing in the mirror. That's me. You know, that's why I don't watch film. I let my team watch him. They tell me what he does, what he doesn't do right, what he does, uh, what he does do right, what he likes to do, what he likes to use. And, um, you know, uh, the reason why is because it could be a whole different Vasily Lomachenko that night. Everybody knows that, obviously, your main trainer, your dad. But I know that you're working with Joey again. Is that right? Is he, yes. is he back in? I mean, it works so well for the Richard Comey fight, you know. So why change yeah, it if it isn't broken? Absolutely. You know, and I think that, you know, throughout this camp and everything, it's been great. It's been fantastic. And um, 
him and my father, they're building more of a bond together. They're starting to realize, my father's starting to realize that this is good for, for me. At the same time, him being my head coach, you know, at first it was kind of, uh, uh, he thought it was temporary, you know, but, you know, he liked, you know, the, the relationship. You know, Joy Gamash is a hell of a trainer, you know, and, and the thing is that I love is that he respects where his position and where my father's position is at, you mm -hmm. know, and he understands that, you know, um, in order for us to be a team, we have to work as a team. The biggest fight that everybody was talking about was Mike Tyson's return against Roy Jones. Don't get me wrong. Legends, but it's a different type of thing to be getting excited about. What's your opinion on that? First of all, that Mike coming back at, what, 53 years of age? Man, I'm going to see if I can get a ticket to go to that. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to be, honestly, I would love to be the referee for that. Man, that'd, be that'd be awesome. And just, I'm a man, you know, I'm, I'm 23 years of age, but I still have that, that fan in me. So seeing those guys face each other, whether it's an exhibition exhibition match or whatnot, um, man, it's just going to be great. It's fantastic, you know, um, and definitely just see how they are, man. I mean, look at it like this, you know, even though they're in their 50s or in their late 40s, you know, they're working out, looking tremendous. And, um, you know, and hopefully they continue to do that. They don't even need to fight, you know, but just to see that happening and everything. Ah, uh, oh, man, it's beautiful for the sport. Just a quick one on the lightweight division, because as I said at the start of this, there will be people that will drop comments on this show and they'll say, you said undisputed, it's not undisputed. It is. This is an undisputed fight. Make no mistake about it, right? That's the end of the conversation. Of but what's your opinion on the other lightweights out there? I mean, we've got Devin Haney at the moment talking about a fight maybe with Gary Russell Jr. stepping up in weight and maybe that can get made. We've got our very own Luke Campbell from the UK. Once, you, once you've shut up shop and cleared off to 140, Who's going to come through as the next king of this division? Um, it could be any of them, honestly. And I think that that's the best thing because uh, they are all tremendous athletes, all tremendous fighters. They bring so many things to the table if need to be. Uh, and, but but Teofimo and Lomachenko are just two different guys that are, are leading the way. Um, and then now you got these two guys about to fight each other and I'm going to lead the way from this point on. Javante Davis, Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia, Hernares, Luke Campbell. Uh, it could be any of those guys, but expect a, a world-class champion. Uh, but, you know, as of right now, with you know, I'm going to leave it as after this fight, you know, pick up my mic and then drop it, you know, and uh, just move on. The, the Devin Haney fight's going to happen at some point between you and him, isn't it? Because he could move up in weight. You, you're, you're going to move up. I look at him and he could probably put the size on to move up. Well, I would hope so. I would, as long as he fights a live body and he he fights someone that has a pulse in the in this division, you know, um, and stop fighting or trying to face guys that are two weight classes above him or I mean underneath him, you know, uh, or stuff like that. Uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. I would love to have that fight, and I would actually do it in Vegas. You know, or maybe you know what? Cause nah, you know what? I'm the A side after this, so come to New York. Come and come follow me. Now, at the weekend, it was UFC 253. The franchise turned up in Abu Dhabi for Fight Island Part 2. I caught up with Dana White recently to talk about all things UFC, but one of the pieces of conversation that we had was about boxing. And Dana compared what he's doing to what everybody else is doing with the Sweet Science. The world of boxing hasn't been able to do what I've been able to do over the last 20 years. So it has, you know. So if you if they can't do things when when the world is normal, 
you can't expect them to do things when the world is crazy. Is that why, I mean, the last time we spoke, we spoke about Zuffa quite a lot. And then that kind of, has, I, won't, I don't know if lost momentum is the right way of going about it, but what's your thought about that? Have you had a look into the world of boxing and thought to yourself, it's too messed up. I don't want to get involved with that. I'm going to concentrate on what I'm doing. Yep, I, I, I peeked under the hood a lot there for the last like year and, and, and ran different things, looked at different things. And it just, I said, I don't know, man, this is, this is, uh, I don't know if this is, this is fixable. So funny enough, since, since the pandemic, I've been looking at other options too. And, uh, probably have something to announce here soon. In the world of boxing? Yeah. I like the way that you tease it. Listen, man, you, you're dropping news bombs today. You might as well drop Look that. Look you, this. I haven't told this to anybody else but you. Well, that's that's very nice of you to do that. I appreciate it. We're going to have to carry on about it because you're obviously coming into the world of boxing at some point. Is that something on your own? Are you teaming up with somebody? Are you? Are you? What are you looking to do? When, when it's time, I'll, I'll let you go. I'll let you know when it's time. I'm not. I'm not ready yet. But in the next couple of weeks. I just said I'm not ready for it. I mean, the world's not ready for it. Yeah, I totally I I'm ready for it. The world's not ready for it yet. At the moment, there's only two UFC world titles that have not been defended this pandemic year. The lightweight one gets defended on October 24th, which we'll speak about in a moment. And if the rumours are true, you don't have to confirm this, but if the rumours are true, in December, the women's bantamweight title will be defended as well, which means every single world title that the UFC have on offer, male and female, will have been defended at some point, some even multiple. And when you compare that to the world of boxing, I can only speak as a British guy following my British fighters, and we've got six world champions at the moment. And on September the 26th, that will be the first time that one of our world champions will have defended their belt. So I think that kind of kind of sums up the things that you, maybe you've been looking under the hood at recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, listen, we're, we're, we're going to keep plugging and, and, and doing what we do. I, I'm going to fight Island. We're going to keep putting on fights on fight Island. For, for all the international fights until the international travel opens back up like it used to be. And we're gonna stay here in Vegas until we can go to events. I'm gonna get every fighter that wants to fight three or more fights a year. And guys that don't wanna fight, don't have to fight. Um, it's a pretty easy scenario over here. If you wanna fight, I got fights for you. If you don't, it's all good. So we're in a pretty good place. Since that conversation, um... Mr. Conor McGregor has been on uh, social media announcing that he will be having a little bit of a knock with Manny Pacquiao <laughs> in the Middle East at some point. Manny Pacquiao's come out and said that he's confirmed that and the proceeds of that fight, which would generate quite a lot of coin, uh, he will be using um, as part of the COVID relief fund in the Philippines, which I kind of commend, I kind of admire that. Uh, but we're seeing this a lot, Conor, aren't we? We're seeing this a lot where we are seeing crossover fights, guys coming out of retirement, all these types of knocks being made when fight fans are sat there thirsty to see the very best against the very best. And we're getting a lot less of the very best against the very best, but more so these fights that seem to generate numbers and generate... Money talks, they say, don't they? <laughs> and that's exactly what that is. I mean, McGregor Mayweather, does it make sense? Not at all. Mm. But it's... It's a massive crossover. Mm. So what do you what what's, what do you make of that? I, again, my my take on this is how this is billed from from the media. If the, if 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 the television companies or the or the promoters are coming to us and said this is this is the best boxing can offer, then I think we're in a really bad place because that's not what the best boxing can offer. Well, if why don't we like? I mean, since this is all going on, 
any fighter, UFC fighter, Dana White's got in my division, come over in the boxing ring and let's have it out. Why not? Why not do a matchroom versus Dana White UFC fighters and you lot come over here? Don't worry, we won't get in the cage because we know our place. But if you lot think you can have it with us, how about you lot come and step in the boxing with us? On a matchroom versus White, Dana could, White. Could you make 145? I'd make it for the right money. Yeah? Of course I would. Because I'm just thinking weight categories now. So their featherweight division is 145. And I don't know if I should be saying that, but I mean, since we're all crossing over and you've got retired fighters yeah, coming out, why not? Quid, if there's a few quid. So, the, yeah, there's a couple of uh, nice little knocks there. For example, at 155 pounds, their champion there is Habib. Nurmagomedov, the guy that beat uh, Conor <laughs> yeah. McGregor. Do you fancy that in a in a in a boxing contest? Oh, he can he can jump in a boxing room with me. He can jump in a boxing room. Two two different sports. It is, yeah. Um, we are going to start seeing a lot more of this. I think. I think the the broadcasters in America have got um, got a little bit excited when they see the numbers that come yeah. that get generated from two YouTube lads having a little bit of a knock. And listen, I've no problem in things like that. I have no problem with two lads from YouTube having a fight against each other making a few quid. I've no problem with Conor McGregor coming over and fighting Manny Pacquiao. I've no problem with Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. coming out of retirement and having a knock and making a few quid. If some of that's going to charity, all the best, right? No problem at all. It's the way it's built. Don't tell me that that's elite level boxing. Don't try and tell me that this is the best boxing's got to offer when I know full well you've got Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua there. That's the fight I want to see in the heavyweight division. Don't be telling me that Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. is the best heavyweight fight that I can see. I don't think the general public can be able to tell the difference. I mean, so many, yeah, but so many fighters can't come up to me. Not, not even fighters, so the general public. Yeah. And some fighters come up to me thinking McGregor was going to beat Mayweather. Mm. We know, we know, we, but. But that's the way it's being sold to people. That is surely the people, way it's being but sold. But I still think, think people will believe McGregor will beat Mayweather. And McGregor may beat Manny Pacquiao. I still think no matter how it's marketed or how it's sold, people will still be up with the fairies and <laughs> think McGregor's going to beat Pacquiao. I mean, come on, what do you think? Listen, and Pacquiao's how old now? He's, has he just turned 40, 41? And he, McGregor will not lay a glove on Pacquiao. No, I think, I think, no, I think, Mayweather is more understanding of the show, isn't he? He's more understanding of, listen, we're putting an event on, we'll have a bit of a dance for a bit and then I'll, I'll figure it out. I don't think Manny Pacquiao's got that in his head. I think Manny Pacquiao's a fighting man, isn't he? You know what I mean? And when the bell goes, he'll just fight. And so is McGregor. Does McGregor think he's possibly going to win against Manny Pacquiao? I think he will. I think he will think that, yeah. Did you just say you think he will win? No, I think he will think that. Okay. I will think he will, I think, he will think that. <laughs> like, like I said, yeah. I have no problem with any of these fights. They all generate coin, and I'm not against anybody making a few quid. You crack on, lads. But the way that he's sold to me, don't tell me that this is elite-level boxing. When I want to see... The Tiafimo Lopez is in there and the and and the Vasil Lomachenko's of this world. I want to see Fury and, and AJ. I want to see those best fights. And that's where I've got a problem when those best fights aren't being made. We just had a conversation about your career. Yeah. yeah. There's a fight that you want for the British and Commonwealth title. And uh -huh. the reason why that, that is not signed, sealed, delivered, and it's happening on the 21st of November, guaranteed now, is because of politics in the in the in the boxing game. Whereas in the UFC, like you've just been hearing from saying. from yeah. Dana. There is no politics. It's one single, one song. If, if he's the best guy and he's the best guy, right, you Make two are fighting. Happen. They're making those fights happen. And that's where the frustration comes from me as a boxing fan because you and Chris Jenkins is a great fight. I yeah. want to see the fight. Let's make the fight. Why is it being held up? Because of politics. That's it. Agreed. But then, so what do you think of 
two YouTubers headlining a bill and elite level fighters fighting on the undercard? Um, from the sport point of view, it's yeah. absolutely ludicrous. From a business point of view, I kind of get it because I look at it and go, where's the biggest audience? The biggest audience is with the YouTubers. So let's put, I mean, Devin Haney and Billy Joe Saunders were the guys that were on the undercard of the YouTubers, weren't they? That's it. There yeah. was an opportunity there for those two world champions to put in a performance and maybe steal that audience. But now with hindsight, as I've looked at it, I don't think they're going to steal that audience because that audience aren't interested in the world of boxing. They're interested in the YouTuber guys, aren't they? You know what I mean? So, yeah, I've no problem with them having a little bit of a knock, but when it crosses over and bleeds in and it merges the boundaries of what he's boxing and what he's not boxing, that's when I've got a problem with I think what McGregor done with um, McGregor and Floyd Mayweather, that's that's opened the door for all this madness. This is, this is where it all started. That's it. It changed the game to crossovers. Like That, that wasn't a thing before, and that seems to be a, re a regular thing. Mm. And now YouTubers fighting, it's like, it's like, what is boxing? You you watch in, a, in maybe a year or two from now, They'll be they'll be selling us Mike Tyson versus a silverback gorilla. Right, <laughs> that's what we'll be on. Habib Nurmagomedov against the bear. That's what that's what that's the type of fights that I think are coming our way, mate. The crazy crazy fights. It's the ones that generate the biggest amount of eyeballs. And as you said, money talks at the end of the day. It's a numbers game, isn't it? If you can bring the numbers in, it's like you're seeing influencers and YouTubers, people with big audience can automatically then get themselves in a situation. Conor McGregor's got a massive audience. His, his debut fight in boxing was against Floyd Mayweather. His debut. See what I'm saying? There you go. To finish the show, I set Conor Ben a bit of a task. Could he make a current heavyweight World Boxing Super Series tournament omitting the current world champions, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. The best of the rest. I gave him 12 fighters. Wilder, White, Usyk, Parker, Dubois, Ruiz, Hergovic, Hunter, Povetkin, Chisora, Joyce and Ortiz. He had to pick eight. This is what he said. The World Boxing Super Series concluded tonight. Uh, Maris Bredis became the, the cruiserweight champion, the IBF cruiserweight champion, beating Dota Cost in the World Boxing Super Series final. So I started dreaming about a heavyweight version of this World Boxing Super Series, all right? Now, we're taking Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua out of this. As world champions, we're taking them out of it. We're going to let them crack on okay. and fight each other. Now, with them doing that, I'm going to... Uh, the World Boxing Super Series heavyweight division needs, needs a carry. It needs a dangle. So what I'm going to say is that Anthony Joshua is going to give up the WBO version of his heavyweight title. He's going to give it up. He's going to vacate it. He's going to say, okay. listen, I'm not going to take on Usyk. I'm going to vacate it. And I'm going to put the World Boxing Super Series WBO title. I'm going to put it in there. So you've got it, lads. It's there. So the winner is going to come out as the WBO champion. Okay? Now then, I'm going to throw the names at you now. You tell me if they made it to your eight. Okay. You don't want me to tell you my list? Yeah, have you, have you you've I've done your list? Them, yeah, I've written best, best of the best twelve. Of, best of the twelve. Be so I have eight. All yours then, mate. All yours then. Here we go. Then here's Connor Ben's eight heavyweights that have made the World Boxing Super Series for next year. Go for it. So I've got Povetkin. Okay. Is that on the list? It is, isn't it? It's Chisora. Yeah, he was part of the twelve. Yeah, Chisora, Ruiz, Parker. Uh, the, your name, the, the names that you're giving me now are in your eight. Yeah, they are in my. So eight. So you've gone Povetkin. Yeah. Go on. Chisora. Yeah. Ruiz. Yeah. Parker, yeah. Usyk, yeah. White, yeah. Dubois, yeah. And Wilder. It's a good list, that man. It's a good list. So the four that you've left out are Ortiz, Joyce, Hunter, yeah. 
Hergovic. I haven't seen much of Hergovic. That's fair enough. I would I would have Hunter in, you know. But replacing with who? Povetkin. But off the back of the performances <laughs> now, are you... <laughs> Do you know something? How What a wonderful dilemma to have. Those, those fighters that we've named there, and there'll be loads of people listening to this, and they've all got a different combination of eight mm. Every, and they might even be throwing some other names in there as well as well as the 12 that I put down there the the point of all this is those World Boxing Super Series competitions that we have seen recently where we've seen the cruiserweights obviously conclude tonight and obviously we had the cruiserweights when Alexander Rusek become undisputed champion we saw Josh Taylor come through against Progre because that was a World Boxing Super Series final we saw Callum Smith beat George Groves sensational sensational matchups the World Boxing Super Series has kind of eradicated all the things that we were talking about before the politics, the TV yeah. networks, the fighters aren't fighting this guy or fighting this guy. Everything just seems to work. These competitions seem to work. You'd fancy one at 147, oh, wouldn't you? Oh, of course I would. Yeah? I'd enter it and blink. I'd be in there, no problem, straight away, if they'd done that and it got offered to me. Because I'm a fighter. At the end of the day, my job is to fight and beat the man in the other opposite corner. But the most frustrating things in your business are obviously... When you get to a certain level, being able to make the fights that you that you need in order to kick on to whatever levels that you're trying to achieve. Politics, all these things get in the way of fighters progressing at a quicker rate. A World Boxing Super Series allows you to have, let's say, three fights in a year. Yeah, you're or right. Or just over a year. But you're talking the politics, but it's nothing new. So it's it's a matter of... What can we? What can you do? Make a world boxing super series. That's what we do, mate. We make, that's what we're here for. Well, the promoters going to have to cough up the readies. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's going to have to happen. And, yes. and the, the promoters have the readies. Mm. Um, so you've gone Wilder, you've gone White, Usyk, Parker, Dubois. Yeah. Why Dubois? Because I think he's a young prospect. You say prospect, but he's ranked highly now. Yeah. In the governing mm. bodies, so yeah. I'd like to see where he's at. That's just who I'd like to see him against the likes of. I mean, people are raving about him, saying he beat yeah. Wilder, and I'll really see what he's made of, whether he fits in this big... I think this is a big boy list. It is. I'd like to see Ruiz <laughs> versus Wilder. Yeah. Um, Dubois-White. Oof. And then you've got Povetkin and you've got Chisora in there as well. So if we're actually looking at this, we know we know that Povetkin and White are fighting each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've got... We know that Usyk and Chisora are fighting each other. So all we need to do... There you go. All we need to do is somehow get Dubois... Well, he's supposed to be fighting Joyce, but that doesn't look like it's happening behind his closed doors. So let's try and get Dubois, uh, Parker, Wilder and Ruiz there together. There you go. So Dubois, Parker, But that's what I've Wilder got. That's Ruiz. what I've got down on here, is Ruiz, Wilder, is what I'd like to like to see, and Dubois, Parker. So I've got him to... You've mixed... You've, ma you've, you've even so matched, I've matched them up. I've matched them. I've got Wilder, Ruiz, and yeah. then Parker, Dubois. Okay. And so then White, Usyk, and then Chisora, Povetkin. But... Yeah. The main fights I would look forward to okay. would be the Ruiz Wilder and the Parker Dubois. All right. Who wins it? I think the Ruiz Wilder. I think Ruiz. The whole tournament. Who, the who, whole tournament. Who comes out WBR heavyweight champion? Who comes out? Who wins the Muhammad Ali trophy? <sighs> Look, I know why it's just been knocked out. I'd have to go White or Usyk. You're going White or Usyk to win it? Yeah? Yeah. What, do you, what would you go? I'd go Usyk. 
I know, but I know you. I know you're a fan of Usyk. <laughs> so listen, let's skip Usyk. Who would you have to come second then? I fancy Dubois. There you go. I've said it. I've said it. I've oh. gone with a young kid. I've gone with a young kid. Do you know what? Nah, mate. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? Look, look at the list. Look at the list for a minute. Again, I'm not sure you had a good proper look listen, at the list. Listen, I've told you he's winning it. Usyk's winning it. Okay, but I know you. I know you really like Usyk. So listen, push, push it aside. You think Dubois would win if Usyk weren't in that list? Yeah. And on that, we leave. All right. <laughs> so there you have it. I think Usyk will win it. Who do you think? You're more than welcome to get involved with us on social media. There'll be more fight night action coming your way. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so therefore you never miss out on any of the topics of conversation and big name guests that we bring you on TalkSport. You're looking for fight night on iTunes or you can get an Android feed via the website, TalkSport.com. We'll catch you next time. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.